0: And welcome to the We Will Nomad Podcast. I'm Lisa, and I'm Andre, and together we will nomad. Welcome to episode 43. Our budget reports on Langkawi today we're going to tell you what we managed to do with only $48 per day for 28 days in Langkawi for the both of us
1: I was just saying you must remember it's for, for two people for two people in fact I'm sure we're gonna to get to the accommodation portion where we actually had a two-bedroom place so that's right if we we could have shared some of our costs with other people and would have brought that price even down. down even more exactly <laughs> if you don't know anything about Langkawi you should listen to our podcast on Langkawi <laughs> to Langkawi and we're going to tell you we tell you everything about Langkawi why you should go there why we went there what we saw there what we experienced there what there
0: is to see and do the best the worst the easy the hard
1: exactly or you can just go to our website
0: (laughs) wewillnomad.com and there you'll also see a few articles on Langkawi you can see some videos some youtube videos you can see what the best beaches are in Langkawi we've done a whole article just on the beaches in Langkawi for sure as well as what to see and do there on a budget as we do
1: this podcast is primarily focused on what we spent on Langkawi for the four weeks we were there or 28 days should I say.
0: That's right and if you'd like to read or see these numbers in paper a full breakdown of our spending is also available on our website wewillnomad.com and that's in our budget report section or you can just type in the search word Langkawi and the budget reports on Langkawi will pop up and here on our budget reports we always break it up into accommodation, food, transport, cell phone and data, sightseeing and other general expenses.
1: Now we acknowledge that not everybody travels in the same way we are what we would you would call budget travelers because we're long-term full-time travelers we have to watch our budget partly the reason why we stayed in Langkawi for longer is to be able to save a bit of money and you might not see the same savings if you're there for a shorter period now, if you don't know what budget, what we consider to be budget-conscious traveling, maybe you can listen to our f- one of our first episodes, I think it's episode three in our podcast, where we sort of elaborate a little bit on our thoughts about travel and what budget-conscious traveling should mean to you. But
0: that's right, because this is definitely not the cheapest that you could do it. You can definitely do it cheaper and you can spend a lot more
1: too. The goal is not to travel as cheap as possible. If you want to m- travel sustainably, yes, you want to make savings, but you also want to to experience your destination.
0: Absolutely, that's why we travel.
1: Yeah, otherwise you might as well... Stay
0: in a dorm room, in a hostel, in one place, and never forever. never
1: leave your room. <laughs> so, speaking of dorm rooms, now, accommodation will most of the time be the largest part of your cost.
0: Unless you're staying in a dorm room.
1: <laughs> well, even so, it could be a large part <laughs> of your cost. It's true. Now, a big portion of your cost is getting to and from your destination, so just keep in mind that the, the cost we discuss here does not include actually... Uh, our flights to the destination. We normally only look at our international flights between countries, and then we look at internal transport within countries. Because we're only talking about as destination, we're only talking about the, the the money we actually spend while being there. But just to give you an idea, if you had to fly from Kuala Lumpur to Langkawi or from Penang to Langkawi, you'll probably expect to pay as little as 12 to 20 US dollars yep. per person. The key here is to keep your accommodation costs as low as possible, and that's how you will definitely save a lot.
0: Absolutely, and then second to that, our largest portion second to accommodation is usually food because we also enjoy eating (laughs) as much (laughs) as we enjoy traveling. Okay wait, do we enjoy travel as much as we enjoy eating or do we enjoy eating as much as we enjoy travel?
1: Like I said, partly because you travel you want to experience and part of experiencing is eating local food. But. Once again, if you stay in the same place for longer, it's an opportunity to make some savings. So you won't necessarily go out for every meal besides that it gets boring very really quickly, believe it or not. And you will want to maybe cook your cook some meals for yourself like we do enjoy. We need a bit of a routine back. All right, let's talk about well, accommodation.
0: There we go. That takes us into the type of accommodation that we look for. In this case, we were looking for a two bedroom apartment or two-bedroom house because a friend was going to be joining us towards the end of our stay and we managed to find a very nice apartment with airbnb as a semi-detached little village house in the rice paddies of pantai chenang area in langkawi it was located close enough to public transport in terms of well, there's no public transport but it's easy enough to get a, well the equivalent of uber the grab in malaysia which gets you around the island, close enough to the airport. I think it was only about eight, seven or eight kilometers to the airport and also close enough to small local supermarkets.
1: Yeah, I would just like to add one of our prime criteria was to be able to walk to a beach Yes. and still have access to some basic essentials close by. So it's not like we wanted to be surrounded by people. We wanted to be secluded but not rem- remote. Yeah. And and where we were, we could walk to the beach within a few minutes, which was very, very Five
0: minutes to the beach and then we could still get to a supermarket.
1: Especially if you're there for a long time. It's not like we're looking for a hideaway in the mountain. We were looking for a place where we can have a routine of such and go check out sunset on the beach every afternoon. Yeah,
0: and that gave us also an option to have a kitchen with full-on cooking facilities so that we could prepare our own breakfasts and also most dinners. Unfortunately, the accommodation did not give us a laundry machine, which you do find in more modern areas. Things like that. Laundry machines in the area in Langkawi generally seem to be rather scarce, but there's great laundry facilities all around. Even in the very touristy area, you can get your laundry done at a laundry service for very affordable prices. We found something that was at least not modern, but it had Western style bathroom. So we could actually have a separate toilet, which is nice, and not just a wet room, especially when you're staying for a long period and you're sharing accommodation with other people. And what really made it affordable for us was the fact that we managed to get a long stay discounted rate through Airbnb.
1: Yes, so I must add that if you are looking at uh, sort of uh, semi-detached places or apartment style places, especially in Langkawi, you should be wary. Make sure you check the reviews, make sure it's location you want, because sometimes it might not be as easy to get to and from the place. And some of the places, what your idea of an Airbnb apartment might be is not necessarily what you're going to find there. So the quality isn't exactly high on all levels, unless you really go into a next level of budget. No, but generally,
0: accommodation is fairly simplistic.
1: It, it, exactly. I think that's the thing. The accommodation level is rather simplistic and basic. Mm. But we were lucky, we found a nice enough place that, that sort of covered all our bases. Yes, we did go for four weeks, and this is another good tip. If you have the time, change your search criteria for a four-week period and check whether the discount offered, a long-stay dips discount, doesn't make it worthwhile even if you if only you spend are staying, 16 days. Yes, the moment you go over two weeks, it's worth going to look at a four-week price because it might still be worth your while. We got a reasonably good discounted rate and. Eventually our rate came to $27 per day and if you consider it includes your water, water electricity, place, water, Wi-Fi. electricity, as well as limited Wi-Fi. It was adequate space for four people.
0: Yes and with a lovely patio that you could sit and enjoy the afternoons or the early mornings. It so it was very really very nice. nice
1: and if you want to look at alternative options you should budget at least $20 up per person per night I would say. You're not going to get much cheaper than that. Mid-range uh, it's hard to say but I would guess for shorter periods anything between 40 and 60 dollars and then from there the sky's the limit depending on your budget. Some of the resorts in the north of Langkawi get quite exclusive and super expensive.
0: And you can get really fancy resorts too. Yes
1: there's no shortage of all for sure but considering what we managed to spend, I think we've got reasonable value.
0: And it really depends what you're looking for. Are you looking for a very fancy resort or hotel? Or are you looking to be in more of a village cottage amongst the rice paddies in the rural setting of Langkawi?
1: This is the thing. The, the truth is that if you can rent a place like this, say, for $30 a night, I'd rather spend $7 a day on a scooter and get where I want to, whenever I want to. It gives me a lot more freedom and flexibility to sort of live like a local local. and
0: yeah really just enjoy living there not just visiting
1: yeah one of the nice things from where we stayed was it was sort of on the edge of the farmlands a lot of uh, rice paddies and farms so every morning we could open our door and go for a run and you sort of as the sun rises you see the water buffalo in the fields and birds around and people sort of the whole village coming to life and that's a great experience.
0: And at the same time in the evenings when it was just before sunset and you could look out, see what the weather was doing and just take a quick walk to the beach and walk along the beach for sunset.
1: Exactly. But the fact is that for $27 a day, we got a very good location. Yes, we don't have a sea view. But it offered us, us many anemities which we needed and we were very comfortable. There.
0: And one of those was being able to cook for ourselves. So the next thing on the list is our food and how we eat. Especially when we stay in a place for a long time, like a month, we prefer to cook for ourselves most of the time. Not only to control the budget, but to control what we eat. To be able to eat healthier and just better. So uh,
1: I think that's, that's a very important point. That you can always find cheap food. Yes. wherever you are.
0: And I mean, we could have cut our food budget in half if Easy. we just ate noodles every night from noodles the market. Noodles or rice
1: dishes, there's so much cheap food around. But if you travel full-time, you have to also be conscious of what you put into your body. And I think, apart from the fact that it becomes a time-consuming affair to go find food... Or go to a restaurant. Or go to a restaurant. Sometimes it's nice just to get up in the mornings and fry yourself some eggs and some vegetables and be ready for the day.
0: So we ended up cooking for ourselves most of the time. Around about once or twice a week, we got dinner from a local night market. That was a moving night market that goes around the island. And you forget uh, once a week we we got
1: some pizza as well.
0: And we got pizza! <laughs> That's right! <laughs> I want to say this was the first time in a few Long months, five or months, six months, pizza. that we hadn't had any pizza. Yeah. And pizza is a great thing to go and get as a takeaway, together with some beers from the local convenience store, and you can go and sit on the beach and enjoy pizza and beer with the sunset. Our food budget also included alcohol this time, because if you did not know, Langkawi is a duty-free island. Alcohol is very affordable, especially compared to the rest of Malaysia. We ended up spending $16 per day for the both of us no I <laughs> wonder oh, no, no
1: that would be but
0: that horrible. did include so that was that was 34% of our total spending and that included the occasional beer on the beach as well as I would say quite a lot of gin and tonic
1: yeah it's actually quite remarkable Sixteen dollars per day for the both of us
0: including gin and tonic every day one yeah. or two
1: there was it's not bad it's really pretty good
0: I think we did very well. I think we did good,
1: yeah. But it shows you, once again, if you are staying in a place longer and you are able to sort of go to a supermarket and get some nice... Groceries. Groceries, and you can plan properly, that you can really make a big difference in your budget.
0: And then on the nights that we did go to the night market, I mean, we really... We tried... I think, I want to say we tried everything that they had, but I think we tried everything more than once.
1: We definitely <laughs> went back, so the, if you don't case you don't know, the Langkawi market is a roving market, so or roaming, shall I say. Every night of the week, it's a different location. Once a week, it came close to where we were stow- staying, within walking distance. So we made full use of that opportunity. I've actually created a video, and you can have a look what we're sampling at one of these evening markets, and it's really quite amazing the value it offers to go there.
0: In terms of if you're looking at budgeting, I would say that if you are absolute absolute budget traveler you can get away with food and water for $10 per person per day quite easily Mid-range, I would consider to be around twenty-three, twenty-five dollars per person per day.
1: Well, we actually proved that you can do it for less than ten dollars per person per day, but yes, that's only if you stay a long. If term, you stay longer, and you have the opportunity to cook for yourself,
0: yes. or if you are happy to just eat noodles every day, you could also definitely do it for less than sixteen for two people you if you've really got no alcohol and true. you eat cheaply, definitely. That's true. And then more on the luxury end, if you want to be able to go and eat in the restaurants and have meals there, but without alcohol. I would say around about $55 per person per day.
1: It does add up quite a lot and quickly. A lot of the restaurants is focused on the tourist market so a lot of uh, seafood restaurants. Fresh seafood. And we, we looked at quite a lot of menus there. It is not the cheapest way to eat or to feed no, yourself. But, definitely not. You know, Once a week maybe you go spoil yourself. Otherwise, look around, there's plenty of smaller places that sort of offer more local fare.
0: And alcohol can make quite a big difference to the budget. So we didn't split it up in this budget report, but it can easily be an additional 40% to your food costs. So even though it's more affordable in Langkawi because it's duty free and it's more affordable in supermarkets, there's always a premium to alcohol. That's true. And it does add to your budget quite quickly.
1: It's all relative though. I think we, we always say alcohol in Asia is expensive. But it's no more expensive than it is, say, in Western Europe or in the United States. Your listeners from those areas will probably go to Malaysia and find alcohol to be affordable. Mm. Even though from our perspective, it is a large percentage of our budget.
0: Well I think that's the thing. Percentage wise, for the same price as a drink, you can generally get a meal.
1: Oh yes. In fact sometimes cheaper.
0: And that's why I say it can add up to your budget. And market food is so cost effective compared to restaurants. It's just so incredibly cheap. I think on that video that you did, people actually commented that the food that we were getting from the market there, the quality of it and the price were just incredible. Yeah, the
1: value is incredible. The thing is, you don't only have to go to a market like that. There's normally you find vendors. I think we found a lady who's there uh, every morning, and she did like a range of, of cooked food and also desserts. If you're there at the right time, and you can really get exceptional value.
0: That's one big problem, is the desserts were too cheap to say no to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you got to hold yourself in. So let me give you some sample cost, just to, to, to sort of paint the picture. We ha- didn't have much alcohol. We had the odd beer. So a domestic beer would be around $0.50 cents US to $0.75 cents US from a supermarket or convenience store. In a restaurant, you expect to pay... Anything from $1.25 to $1.50, I would say, which is still pretty cheap, remarkably
0: cheap. This is the thing, even though it's double the price, (laughs) if you buy a beer on the beach compared to from the supermarket on the beach.
1: It's a dollar to get a beer on the beach, it's just incredible. And then because we enjoy to have our gin and tonic in the the evening on our patio at home, we bought some gin and tonic and a litre of gin. Would you would expect to pay around ten dollars for sort of the I would I wouldn't say the not entry the level cheapest, stuff, not, a not a the cheapest, but decent stuff, a decent quality gin, and from there it goes up. And then looking at something like a, a tin of Coke, I would say would be also a dollar. Interestingly, more expensive than a beer. And yep. <laughs> if you want to buy a coffee in a, a restaurant, I guess. You would expect to pay around two dollars for it, but that would be Italian-style coffee. Yes,
0: yeah, so it'll be a decent coffee. So it'll
1: be a, and then if you want a fresh fruit juice, freshly squeezed fruit juice, you're looking okay. at about a dollar. Quite affordable. As well, comparatively speaking, if you go for a simple local meal in night market, you can budget around two to three dollars
0: for a whole meal
1: for a meal and that would be like full on with your selection of rice and meat and veggies and if you want to go even cheaper you can get like fried noodles with veggies or even chicken for under a dollar
0: yep it's really incredibly cheap we
1: found portions of uh, noodle dishes for like 3 ringgit 2 to 3 ringgit so crazy it's cheap and they were good yes (laughs) for sure but you can, in the Pantachendong area, there's not that many supermarkets. Mostly convenience stores, you have to have transport to make it to supermarkets. So if you're staying in that area, best is to get a grab to a supermarket once every few days or get a scooter, that's what we did, or bum a ride with our host, which was <laughs> nice. You can find fruit and vegetable vendors a little bit out of town, which gives you much better value.
0: Or even at the night market, there were even fruit the and market, vegetable fact, vendors. once a
1: week we, we went to one place and we bought mangoes for the week. Yeah. it was half the price than at uh, anywhere That's else. The supermarket. But you can also find meat quite affordably if you know where to shop. So if you're staying there for longer, it's well worth talking to some people. Yes.
0: Ask a local where to we, get what, where to go, yeah, Alcohol, what shops meat, to get, veg.
1: yeah, what shops to go to for certain things.
0: They even told us, for instance, that the where to get the best fresh farm eggs.
1: Yes. And there's no shortage of those because everybody's good chickens.
0: So the next thing is getting around. How do we get around? Our transport, and I'll just once again remind you this does not include flights to and from Langkawi. But we spent a total of $36 for both of us for the 28 days that we spent in Langkawi. Oh my
1: goodness. Now,
0: Grab, yeah, it's really not a lot. Yeah, okay. Grab is really cheap and easy to use. Your starting tariff is about $2.50 and then 50 US cents per kilometer. And it's really easy to use.
1: Yeah, we didn't actually make use of Grab. I think I got a Grab once for a friend arrived from the airport. But uh, our host was kind enough to pick us up from the airport and actually took us and back, took to, us the back to the airport. And. We did not feel the need to rent a scooter full time, but you would expect to pay about thirty ringgits per day, which is That's I right, think a quite expensive. Hour period. Uh, if you take, nobody's really that keen on giving you long-term rentals. We found places that give like. Uh, early bird discounts, you can get maybe up to 20 ringgits a day. Or if you
0: don't take the full insurance with it, you can cut a dollar or two, but it's not really worth that. No,
1: it's not recommended. So if you rent a car for long term, you can probably get something for around 50 ringgits a day long term. But it's worth shopping around for sure.
0: We ended up renting a scooter for a total of four days over that month's period.
1: That's what we And that all was really all that needed. we
0: deemed necessary. We did have a bicycle at our disposal. Mm-hmm. So you took the bicycle every now and then to get to the local supermarket which was about ten minutes away.
1: Exactly, and some of the activities that we we had done, transport was included. So Most we of them collected. will include a pick up and drop off yeah. from
0: your hotel or wherever you're staying.
1: For sure, and like you, Lisa mentioned, is flights were not included, but we flew from Penang to Kuala uh, to to Langkawi, which is an incredibly short flight. I think it was like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I think we paid like 12 US dollars or something absurd. Our friend Jason flew from. Kuala Lumpur to Langkawi to join us and his flight was, was, was 17 or 13 or 17 yep. US dollars. this does, not include, um, less than $20 does anyway. not include checked luggage so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it can be really cheap. So in total we spent 36 US dollars over 28 days for the both of us on transport mm-hmm. which uh, I suppose is a testament to the fact we didn't move around a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did, we just ran around a lot.
1: That's true, that's true. <laughs>
0: And getting around is really quite easy also in terms of renting a scooter or driving a car. It's very friendly for tourists and foreigners. It's easy enough. There's not a lot of traffic. I can say that it's really not difficult to move no, around langkawi Highly
1: recommend that to you get your own transport. A lot of the accommodation will include parking. And we had no problem uh, driving our scooter. It was actually a great part of the experience. And
0: that's what I was going to say. It will add a lot more to your experience. Yes. and give you the opportunity yeah. to explore a lot more... Off the beaten track places. For sure. And perhaps if you're interested and you are riding around the island, have a look on our website, wewillnomad.com, for our article on the best beaches of Langkawi and see if you can find all the beaches that we found or maybe you can add a few more.
1: There's a lot of good spots to explore. And the nice thing about the beaches of Malaysia is they're all public. So you can go, you might actually find one where there's nobody else. One more thing that you might need if you stay for a little bit longer, which is very affordable in Malaysia, is uh, connectivity. We all need some Wi-Fi. Yes, data. We, we need some data. And we cheated a little bit because we spent some time in Kuala Lumpur before and Penang before we went to Langkawi. So we already had prepaid data SIM cards with us, but they cost a total of 10 Malaysian ringgits each. Which is the equivalent of two dollars or something? Two
0: dollars fifty. So fifty. I'll
1: and then you can buy the data what you need. The place generally expect to spend about ten Malaysian ringgits per gigabyte of data, and that's high speed data. And you can get unlimited calls between the same network provider, which would be valid for 30 days. We did find that. If you start to, to get to know this sort of system, like, for example, with TuneTalk, which is the, the network provider we used, if you buy 50 ringgits worth of airtime, and then you get, like, a bonus package with free social media and YouTube access. So, for example, I think I've got 10 gigs for YouTube, which, which you can upload or download with, which is great. And, you get, and I think free another Facebook gig, and WhatsApp, I think free it Free Facebook was. and WhatsApp. So a gig doesn't sound like a lot, but if you spend a little bit more and you're going to stay for longer, you can get almost unlimited amount of data.
0: But that being said, I mean, even the way we did it here, which was not the most economical way, we ended up spending a total of $5 for both of us for the 28 days. Yeah, that's crazy. And if you include the cost of our SIM cards, which we purchased previously, it would just have doubled that to $10 for the months for both of
1: us. really, really cheap.
0: And that was for us sufficient also to do everything that we needed to do Even though we did have Wi-Fi at our accommodation, the Wi-Fi in Langkawi is rather sketchy at best. So even though technically we had Wi-Fi included, there were many a day when the Wi-Fi did not work and we ended up using our local data anyway.
1: Yeah, it's so cheap. You you don't have to shy away from using local data. Like I said, just do your homework and figure out what's the most cost-effective option. Easy to get a SIM card almost anyway. And it's easy to, once you've actually got your SIM card, to just recharge online.
0: And just be cautious that even if your accommodation says that it does include Wi-Fi, we know <laughs> that our host said to us they've got one of the older services and it's actually one of the most consistent when they compare it with their friends and expats living on the island. Even then it was sketchy. So just take it with a pinch of salt yeah, as to whether your accommodation has Wi-Fi or not.
1: We didn't have great experience. In retrospect, I think we would have placed less value on the access to the Wi-Fi and yes. just paid more and, and got more data yeah. in retrospect.
0: Absolutely. Our other general costs that we have totaled to $31 in total for the month. And these include just general day-to-day expenses, pharmaceuticals, toiletries, uh, small things like that, laundry powder, uh, mosquito spray actually yeah. was one of our biggest expenses.
1: Because we use At so much of
0: it. $5 a can. We used Three cans of mosquito spray. So in other words, half of our general cost expenses were just for mosquito spray. The That's other fifteen dollars were on all sorts of other small things. Laundry facilities are fairly common in terms of um, services for people yes. to use because accommodation does not generally have a laundry no. machine, but they're really very reasonably priced for laundry services.
1: Yeah, we didn't use a lot of laundry. We we've got a, because we travel full time. We have a little gadget a scrubber bag it's called a scrubber and if you want to know what scrubber is you can go check out our website under I think gear, and it's a fair it's like a very thin dry bag which you put some clothes in and you slosh, slosh it around it but it's a bit of a workout as well but it, it works very well
0: yeah it's good It saves you money on doing laundry you can keep control of your own clothing know what you wash with what and it gives you a good exercise
1: yeah there we go win-win
0: <laughs> generally public toilets are available particularly at tourist attractions There's usually a fee, which is quite a low fee, but remember they are very seldom Western-style toilets. They're usually Asian-style, so in other words, a hole in the ground, and don't expect any paper, toilet (laughs) paper. No. other than that pharmaceuticals and other toiletries are reasonably priced and easily available all around the island.
1: Yeah you really don't have to pack everything in the kitchen sink you can find everything you need. Langkawi has some limitations so don't expect like a mall with big department stores uh, that unfortunately doesn't exist but there's plenty of supermarkets. Our
0: other category that we do discuss is sightseeing and I must say generally in Langkawi there are so many tourist attractions they pull a large number of local Malaysian tourists but the entrance fees are fairly
1: high. There's also activities. I think this is the problem. There's a lot of like uh, adrenaline style activities all because I think Langkawi is sort of a holiday destination. Mm-hmm. So people go there and they go do all kinds of crazy things. I mean, there's like one little private island which you can spend the whole day just doing water sports. Just a water sport around. island.
0: This is the thing, they're high cost development exactly. um, infrastructure. Mm. But what you can do is you can go and check out our website on wewillnomad.com and we've got a post there on what to see and do in Langkawi on a budget. And some of the things that uh, we do on a budget is visit nature. So we can go to the Seven Wells Waterfall. There's other waterfalls the Durian Waterfall. There's so many waterfalls around the island. There's mountains that you can go and climb and then of course there's beaches. We've also got an article on the best beaches in Langkawi. I think if you don't try and see every single expensive tourist attraction but rather mix it up. So we did go to some expensive or some of the tourist attractions but mix it up with going to go and enjoy the island the nature and then you really don't have to spend a lot
1: there's a few must-see places if it's you've never been to Langkawi and I mean I I think we'll give some sample costs yeah I
0: think of those ones that I think are well worth seeing is the Langkawi sky bridge and sky cab so the sky bridge cost to actually walk across the bridge is really cheap it's $1.20 per person however you need to get to the sky bridge
1: you can't exactly climb <laughs> and it
0: there is no option there other than to climb or oh, sorry to use the sky cab and that's $12 per person so a little bit more pricey
1: can you I just can say, don't take the glass-bottom cab. I yes. don't think it's worth it. No, they pay extra sh- for the glass-bottom, but I don't think you see much more.
0: There are actually three entrance fees. Oh,
1: did you mention the fees?
0: And so that's why one, the first one is unavoidable, $12 per person. The second one of the little Willy Wonka elevator, you can... Skip if you, if you can want skip and that's about a dollar fifty or so and then the bridge itself to walk across which is well worth I mean if you're going there you've got to spend the extra $1.20 and walk across the bridge the other thing that we did which was a fairly expensive excursion but also I believe it was well worthwhile was going to the Keelum Geo Park on a boat tour we did a little bit differently also you can known get a as
1: organized. mangrove tour that's right everybody talks about mangrove tours in Lumkawi this <laughs> is actually when you go to the Geo Park and you explore that area by boat.
0: If you book yourself a spot on the mangrove tour, you will pay a lot more. However, we chose to go to the jetty at the Geo Park, and there we organized a boat for the three of us because our friend was with us. And I think as soon as you are about four people, this works out a lot more cost effective. For I, us, it I came to about the same price. But of course, we negotiated there with the boatsmen, That's right. And that was then sixteen dollars per person. And that was for a whole half a day to a whole day. It was a bit longer than a half day. Well we had to get ourselves
1: the to the north of the island and from there everything was sort of taken care of. But it took it took about a half a, it was about a half about a day's half excursion. A day. And that's Wonderful really trip, well
0: worth doing. I think in our podcast going to Lankai, we were discussed, and that was for both of us a highlight that's of right. our time spent there.
1: I would suggest that if, if, if you're four people, even if you're two people and you want to spend a little bit more, don't book through a normal operator. Rather, make your way up there, and as long as it's a good time of the day, because it takes a few hours to get this done. So go like around 12-ish, I would say, 12 noonish, and yep. you can do an afternoon trip, and then you'll find great value and you'll be alone in the boat and, and we it just actually, makes
0: the experience so much more enjoyable and That's special.
1: right we did a, a short little video of our experience so you go check it out, our YouTube channel is linked on our website and you'll find under the playlist of Malaysia you'll find that uh, mangrove trip. So there's a few other things you can do which we also enjoyed like the Langkawi Island hopping tour is great value it costs like 30 ringgits per person about 7 US dollars and it's about a 4 hour excursion, probably the best value excursion or activity you can find on Carby they can yep. pick you up at your hotel or wherever you stay and drop you back off there again four hours later take you to four islands
0: and it's such good fun it's
1: exceptional there's a few of the locations where you have a small additional fee like for example Pregnant Maiden Lake there's a small fee of $1.50 per person but for most of the other spaces it's free access and you get to see the eagle feeding and uh, get dropped on a little island that looks like uh, Robinson Crusoe should live there and uh, that's highly recommended as well. So in total, for all the sightseeing we've done, every everything
0: over a whole period of twenty-eight over four days, four
1: weeks—not that we traveled did this every day—but you know we saw quite a bit. We spent a total of seventy-seven U.S. dollars, or then two dollars seventy-five per day on average for the two of us. Yeah, we could have spent a lot more, but I think on average we did it right.
0: And we could have spent a lot less too. Exactly, we did drop, but I think we did what some of the really nice an expensive tourist attraction yeah we,
1: we went to, 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 to do the must see and must-do yes. so I think that's cool
0: and then we also did spend some time and money on doing the cheaper and really budget and well worthwhile. Well.
1: by now you probably know that we really like Langkawi we spent four weeks there we go back and both of us agree it's a lovely island so it was a perfect blend between this laid-back island vibe which is sort of strange for Malaysia in a while well in that part of Malaysia uh, you, you you have the freedom of exploring beaches and even though it's Predominantly Muslim, people are very tolerant and relaxed. There's alcohol is available freely. You
0: can walk around in shorts. You can walk around
1: in shorts, no problem. But just to give, wrap up this budget discussion so we ended up spending a total of 48 US dollars per day for the 28 days, which included all our costs for both of us. So it's not a per person, this is our total cost for our uh, stay in Langkawi. And as we spoke about, we stayed very comfortably. We had a two bedroom. Airbnb which we got on a long stay discount for around $28 and we ate plenty local food, plenty too yeah, much We went to a lot of the, the food market opportunities, we cooked a bit for ourselves and although cooking for yourself doesn't mean saving you can definitely eat better overall because you can have better control over what you eat unfortunately there's always the added temptation of nibbling on the odd um, naughty stuff.
0: Well, that's the thing. You say, "Oh no, but we've cooked stuff, We ate so much better," and then we went out and bought lots of Malaysian desserts. Exactly. So, so you have to watch,
1: watch that. And then you 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 feel like, "Oh, but I had a jog this morning. I can go out and have a snack." And we did go out for the odd odd meal, but that was probably maybe only like twenty percent of the time, I would guess. And then obviously we went into scooter as well.
0: So I mean, that food also included the occasional beer.
1: Yes. And
0: lots of gin and tonic lots. because let's not forget we had this wonderful patio where we could sit and have a gin and tonic just before sunset and then go down to the beach possibly for a beer at sunset.
1: We did try and calculate how many gin and tonics we had but based on our budget and we said at least 120.
0: 114 yes 114 (laughs) gin and tonics definitely which we round out I'm pretty sure it was actually 120 (laughs) gin which is not that no, not that bad considering it we were there for a month two people and our friend joined us for the That's last true. week so let's blame uh, the rest of the gin and tonic some of the gin
1: and tonic went down uh, someone else's mouth i'm, <laughs> I'm convinced
0: <laughs> but all in all we ate local and if you do stay out of western restaurants this budget should be quite attainable
1: yes look i think the main reason the budget is so low is because we spent four weeks there but this is something that we do recommend so if you want a little break go check out Langkawi and uh, I would be happy to go back
0: absolutely next time for a little bit longer maybe
1: okay well as always thanks if you for guys listening. enjoyed the podcast please leave us a review go to apple podcast or itunes or uh, whatever you're listening to and give us a review tell your friends about it and go check out our website if you can and we'll catch you next time
0: thanks for listening bye ciao mm-hmm.